Vegetarianism is often adopted for ecological, moral or ethical, and or health reasons. But does it achieve what we wish it to? If everyone became vegetarian worldwide, would that actually be better for the environment, minimize harm to animal life, and improve animal health? That's what we're going to explore today. Welcome to episode 20 of Ask Dr. Emily, a weekly podcast where we explore the what, the why, and the how of health issues from a holistic perspective. We'll talk about the signs and symptoms to look out for and the root causes of various health conditions and the most effective and doable solutions for addressing them. Each episode will empower you with knowledge and inspire you towards achieving outstanding health naturally. Now, we've been told that a vegetarian diet can feed the masses while optimizing our health, protecting the animals, and saving the planet. And who can fault those lofty goals? Being in full support of those ideals myself, I was vegetarian and then vegan for over 10 years. And over that decade, as my health steadily and drastically declined, I took a deep dive into the science behind the impact of various types of of human diets, the impact on human health, and the impact on the well-being of animal life and our planet. And what I have learned is that we have been led astray, not by our longings for a humane, healthy, and sustainable diet and way of life, but by misunderstandings about the true impact of a plant-based diet on human health, animal welfare, and the environment. So first, let's talk about vegetarianism and the environment. It's reasonable to think that since the global livestock industry is responsible for producing 14.5% of all human activity-related greenhouse gas emissions, that it would serve our planet better to simply stop eating meat. But according to PNAS, Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, the removal of all livestock animals from agriculture would have a surprisingly minimal impact on total emissions reducing agricultural greenhouse gas emissions by only 3%. And regenerative grazing can actually remove more greenhouse gases than the livestock produce in their lifetime, creating a net positive impact on the environment. And this is only the tip of the iceberg. Something else to consider is that in order to produce enough food for everyone, Transitioning to a global vegetarian diet would require a significant increase in the amount of land devoted to an already vast and destructive agricultural practice, monocropping. Aptly named, monocropping is the practice of growing a single or mono crop on a large tract of land. And it is what is used to grow the foods that make up the bulk of a vegetarian diet, grains and legumes. There are already over 450 million acres being monocropped in the U.S. alone, and many more worldwide, with only nine species of plants making up two-thirds of all crop production. And those numbers would necessarily get much worse if more people became vegetarian. And while monocropping can produce large amounts of low-quality human food fairly efficiently, that production comes at a huge environmental cost. 
So let's talk about those. First is adverse effects on soil. Monocropping causes massive annual losses of topsoil, which leads to a loss in overall soil health. And both of these have enormous environmental impacts as healthy topsoil is essential for a healthy environment. And the runoff of topsoil causes contamination of waterways, further damaging the environment. Then there's increased water usage. And the amount of water required to sustain monocropping operations is at the top of the list of concerns for the environment. Many <clears throat> in support of vegetarianism will state the high water usage rate required for raising CAFO livestock as a reason to go vegetarian, but vegetarian food sources present similar problems. Since contemporary monocropping causes significant loss of topsoil with every harvest, the soil's ability to retain moisture is continually damaged. And as a result, increasing amounts of water are needed to sustain monocrops, depleting our already dwindling water supplies. Then there's loss of biodiversity. Biodiversity, meaning many forms of life, is essential to a healthy environment. But the switch to monocropping destroys huge areas of natural habitat and greatly reduces the variety of living things in the vicinity, creating an unbalanced, unhealthy, and fragile ecosystem. And again, there's that pesky loss of topsoil, which causes problems in this arena as well, as it necessitates the use of a wide range of toxins, such as insecticides, fungicides, pesticides, and synthetic petroleum-based fertilizers to make up for the damage to the soil, all of these serving to poison the environment and animals and us. So if, as some advocate, all humans consumed a vegetarian diet, it would require a significant increase in the production of the foods that make up the bulk of a vegetarian diet, namely grains and legumes. And these would have to be grown as ever larger swaths of monocrops in order to produce enough food to feed all 7 billion humans, which would have an increasingly damaging effect on our environment. So following a vegetarian diet for environmental reasons does not produce the desired effect of improving the environment. Well, what does? Regenerative balanced agriculture is a much better approach to the problems that modern agriculture is currently exacerbating. Regenerative agriculture is a practice that seeks to restore the soil, animals, and ecosystems to robust natural health to halt and reverse the negative environmental impacts of today's agricultural practices. Regenerative agriculture limits soil erosion, ensuring that farmland that was previously used for monocropping won't continue damaging the environment as it has in the past. And regenerative farming also prevents us from having to cut down more trees and clear more land for more monocropping, which will be required to support a worldwide vegetarian human diet. Unlike vegetarian diet foods, sustainably raised grass-fed animal products can support the environment through a number of ways. Net reduction in greenhouse gas emissions, regeneration of healthy soils and grasslands, restoration of biodiverse ecosystems, and reduced pollution from soil runoff and from insecticides, pesticides, hormones, antibiotics, and synthetic petroleum-based fertilizers. 
So that's the environmental piece. Now let's talk about animal welfare. The, the environmental consequences of monocropping are evident, right? But what often goes undiscussed is the impact that monocropping can have on animal welfare. And I'm gonna talk mainly about monocropping because that is, that is basically the only way that we can feed all humans on a vegetarian diet. So if you say vegetarianism is good for X, Y, Z, well, then what you're saying is monocropping is good for X, Y, Z um, because it would be necessary in order to feed everybody. So let's talk about the impact that monocropping has on, well, on animal welfare. And when I say animal, in this case, I'm talking about all forms of life, from mammals and birds to fish and other aquatic life to insects and pollinators, etc. A popular phrase driving veganism and vegetarianism is meat is murder. But is the switch to a strictly plant-based diet as harm-free to all forms of life as many believe it or wish it to be? And believe me, I understand this desire so well, having been vegetarian and vegan myself. But it's not so. In fact, monocropping has a devastating effect on animal welfare at so many levels. First of all, there's loss of habitat. As discussed above, prior, monocropping causes a significant loss of animal habitat, which leads to the suffering and death of many creatures. Every living thing plays a role in the environment, and the eradication of diversity caused by monocropping means that wildlife pay with their lives, while farmland dedicated to monocropping continues to expand and exacerbate this vicious cycle. And then there's poisons. Because of the degradation of soil health caused by monocropping, synthetic petroleum-based fertilizers, as well as pesticides, fungicides, and herbicides, must be used to keep crops growing. The problem? These poisons adversely affect all forms of life by contaminating food sources, the air, the ground, and the water. These toxins have been shown to directly cause the acute secondary and chronic poisoning of animals, fish, and birds, eliminate nesting sites for birds and destroy cover, damage and kill pollinators such as bees, and reduce the quantity, quality, and access to food for all wildlife, all of which lead to an increase in suffering and an increased loss of many forms of life. Because monocropping relies so heavily on these poisons and monocropping would be required to expand to feed the world's humans a vegetarian diet. The reality is that the switch to a vegetarian diet is actually much more harmful to animal welfare than we've been led to believe. Next is machinery. One issue with monocropping that isn't widely discussed is the many animal deaths caused directly by mechanized farming, particularly tilling and harvesting. A paper published in the Journal of Agricultural and Environmental Ethics estimates that plant agriculture, which is dominated by grains and legumes, destroys over 7 million animal lives annually as a result of harvesting. And the expansion of farmland for monocropping to meet greater demands spurred by a global vegetarian diet would extract an even heavier toll. However, by shifting from monocropping to the widespread adoption of sustainable livestock and agricultural practices, such as regenerative grazing, 
We can improve the environment while simultaneously improving the well-being of all forms of life and reducing harm. And we do that in large part by voting with our wallets, by focusing on buying food sourced from responsible farmers. Now that we've addressed the environmental consequences of going meatless and also its impact on animal welfare, let's look at how it affects our health. Is vegetarianism beneficial to your health? Over the past 50 years, we have been led to believe that a diet focused on fruits, vegetables, grains, and plant-based proteins is natural and great for us. But it turns out that there are major health issues with this way of eating, especially when followed exclusively and or long-term. There are three main issues regarding the health effects of a vegetarian diet. Nutritional deficiencies, inflammation, and a continued increase in insulin production over time, all of which lead to a whole host of health problems. So first, let's talk about nutritional deficiencies. Vegetarianism frequently leads to various nutritional deficiencies, especially calcium, vitamin D, protein, B12, and iron. For example, Research indicates that vegetarians are much more likely to have low iron stores than meat eaters. And that's in part because there are two types of dietary iron sources, heme iron and non-heme iron. Heme iron sources are animal-based and include red meats, poultry, and seafood. Heme irons are the best source of iron because your body absorbs much more of the iron from them, anywhere between 30 and 40%. By contrast, the iron from non-heme iron sources, such as fruits, vegetables, and nuts, is much less bioavailable, meaning less absorbable. We typically only absorb uh, less than 10%, somewhere between 0.7 and 10% of plant-based non-heme iron. Meanwhile, vitamin B12 is an essential vitamin, meaning we need it for life and we don't make it ourselves, so we have to get it from food. And it keeps our blood and our nerve cells healthy and contributes to the creation of DNA. Plant foods have no vitamin B12, which means that those who consume a plant-based diet are much more likely to have B12 deficiency and need to make a special effort to get enough of this nutrient. Now, to me, that's an indication that naturally we need to be having animal foods since that's a natural source. Protein. So, not all proteins are created equal. Many people turn to a plant-based diet, believing that, they, that it can provide them with the protein they need while also encouraging a healthier way of life. However, this simply isn't the case. One of the most important things to understand is that animal proteins are of a much higher quality for our bodies than plant-based proteins. This is because animal proteins are more complete and more utilizable by our bodies and are thus more able to do for us what proteins are meant to do, which is support the growth, repair, and maintenance of all of our tissues, muscles, organs, and bones, create the enzymes essential to the proper functioning of digestion, energy production, brain function, muscle and nerve activity, and so much more get made into hormones, which support nearly every process in our bodies, help balance our pH, that's the acid alkaline balance, regulate fluid balance throughout our bodies, 
bolster immune health, and transport and store nutrients. Plant proteins, on the other hand, are not as utilizable or absorbable as animal proteins, in part because they are incomplete. Complete protein sources offer all nine essential amino acids that our bodies must have for proper functioning and are incapable of producing themselves. Animal proteins provide us with the full range of these essential amino acids, whereas plant-based proteins do not. Plant-based proteins also do not contain as much true protein as previously thought, or as much as animal-based sources do. Crude protein equals how much nitrogen is in a sample, and that used to be how total protein content in food was determined. But because there is some non-protein nitrogen in many protein sources, especially plant-based sources, crude protein is not an accurate measure of the amount of true or utilizable protein in a food source. This means that the measure of how much actual protein is in various plant-based protein sources has been historically overstated, and we're just not getting as much true protein from those sources as we once thought. Then there's inflammation. There is also the belief that all sources of plant-based proteins are healthy, but most plant-based proteins are very inflammatory largely because most of them are derived from inflammatory grains and legumes and are then highly processed. And when they're processed to make them into, quote, burgers and sausages and other meatless products, much of their nutritional value is stripped out of them and they become oxidized, meaning they cause cell damage and accelerate aging due to exposure to oxygen. And then also sugar and other Unhealthy ingredients are also often added. And then this fills up your plate with low quality food instead of the high quality protein and other nutrient dense foods that your body truly needs and wants. And finally, there's the insulin. As discussed before, in order to get enough sustenance on a vegetarian or vegan diet, people typically rely heavily on grains and legumes out of necessity. And these foods are not only highly inflammatory, but their high carbohydrate content causes elevated blood sugar and the stimulation of the release of the hormone insulin to bring that blood sugar down. When your body is regularly and repeatedly exposed to high carbohydrate foods, such as grains and legumes, it has to work overtime to clear that sugar out of your bloodstream as it can do major damage when it sticks around. It must be converted quickly into energy or stored as fat for later use as energy. When this overstimulation of insulin due to the consumption of high carbohydrate foods happens too often over time, insulin resistance develops. And insulin resistance then leads to chronic higher blood sugar, And this puts you at risk for many serious and chronic health problems, including cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, and Alzheimer's, also known as type 3 diabetes or diabetes of the brain. Keeping insulin levels low and reducing insulin stimulation are both crucial for avoiding chronic illness and for achieving and maintaining optimal health. So 
between the nutritional deficiencies and the need to rely on inflammatory lower quality foods like grains and legumes, a fully plant-based, aka vegetarian or vegan diet isn't a wise course of action for human health. But if a plant-based diet isn't the key to better health, what is? A focus on anti-inflammatory, nutrient-dense, responsibly raised animal foods. While vegetarianism is often promoted as the pinnacle of social and environmental responsibility and physical human health, the reality is that there are a lot of serious issues caused by this diet. Health issues, animal welfare issues, and environmental issues. The healthiest human diet, which is also the most humane and environmentally responsible, is one that focuses on the nutrient-dense, healing, anti-inflammatory foods provided by sustainably, responsibly raised, pastured animals, such as those at ButcherBox. These animal foods are deeply nutritious and nourishing to your body and are essential for achieving and maintaining optimal health. So what's next? For info on sourcing the best pastured meats for your health-optimizing diet, check out my article, How to Find the Best Pastured Meats, at dremilyfranklin.com articles. And if you want to learn more, awesome. A great place to start is with my Roadmap to Optimal Health at dremilyfranklin.com start-here. Then from there, you can check out my collection of holistic health articles, podcasts, and healthy, delicious recipes. And for an earnest look at the true environmental and animal impact of vegetarian and vegan diets, The Vegetarian Myth by Lear Keith is an eye-opening must-read. If you want to do a deeper dive into the science on animal foods as our optimal foods, then read Nina Teichel's incredibly well-researched and in-depth book, The Big Fat Surprise. And until next week, best health to you.